Everyday's Radio, in cooperation with Brownwood Lyric Theater, bring you It's a Wonderful Life, a live radio play. Written by Joe Landry and recorded live at the Lyric Performing Arts Theater on December 15, 2019. Directed by Billy Harvey and starring Stephen Haynes as George Bailey, Karen Myers as Mary and Young Mary, and Jonathan Harvey as Peter Bailey, Martini, Clarence the Angel, Dr. Campbell, and Old Man Collins. Holly Blanton as Ruth Dakin, Mrs. Hatch, and Sadie the Bank Examiner. Ben Cox as Henry F. Potter, Old Man Gower, and Ernie the Cab Driver. Valerie Nelson as Femme Fatale, Violet Bick, and Young Violet. Patty Kilpatrick as Rose, Matilda, and Mrs. Thompson. Larry Mathis as Joseph the Angel, Crazy Uncle Billy, Mr. Welch, and the Bridge Keeper. Paul Underwood as Bert the Cop, Harry Bailey, Sam Wainwright, Horace the Teller, and Old Man Charlie. And Jill Underwood as Jingle Girl, Jingle Songs, and Piano Player. Ruth Brown as Jingle Girl, Crowd Voices, and Songs. And we have three youngsters in tonight's presentation. Ramey Taggart as Janie, India Voigt as Zuzu, Young Harry, and Tommy, and also Sam Harvey as Young George and Pete. Our Foley artists for tonight's show are Ricky Jones and Jen Evitz. Stage manager for the production of It's a Wonderful Life, a radio play, is Jill Underwood. Costuming by Lori Arp, Chris Henry, and Billy Harvey. Lights by Jamie Banks. Sound by Dylan Evans. Set design by Ben Cox and Billy Harvey. Set construction by Jimmy Henry and Randy Harkey. And now it's time to set the scene. Time, Christmas Eve, 1947. Place, a stage and auditorium on Studio A at WBFR Radio in Manhattan, New York. Let's throw it down to our announcer, played by Kurt Snyder. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live broadcast of WBFR Playhouse of the Air. We thank you for braving the cold weather this Christmas Eve, and you'll be glad you did when you hear the story we have for you tonight, It's a Wonderful Life. Remember, this evening's program is being broadcast live coast-to-coast, coast, and our listeners are counting on your reactions to their listening pleasure. So don't be shy, and feel free to applaud, laugh, swoon, cry, or whatever the spirit moves you to do. I'm getting the signal from our stage manager that we will be going on the air in 20 seconds. Thank you all for coming this evening, and enjoy the broadcast. Five, four, three... WBFR in New York City. This is WBFR Playhouse of the Air. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, young and old, old and new. Greetings from WBFR Studio in Manhattan, New York. I'm your host, Freddie Fillmore, and it's my pleasure to bring you your favorite stories this and every week on WBFR Playhouse of the Air. 
Tonight, we bring you a real feel-good heart warmer, perfect for this or any Christmas Eve. It's a wonderful life. We begin our story in the little town of Bedford Falls, New York, U.S. of A., where a number of people in the town are praying for their dear friend, a typical American dreamer named George Bailey. Dear God, please look over my husband, George. George is a good boy, you know that. He's always been the one to lend a helping hand. Now it's him who needs the help. Help my big brother, George. He's done so much for all of us. More for me than I remember. I remember all the times he would stay late after work and not ask a cent. The world needs more like George Bailey. George Bailey Bailey never thinks about himself. Why, I wouldn't have a roof over my head if it wasn't for him. If it wasn't for him, I would have given up long ago. All I think about is myself. I must have taken the last cent he had. He had no sense of business, that George Bailey, just like his father. None of the Baileys were ever businessmen. It's his own fault if he wasn't prepared for times like these. Oh, is it times like these that I can't help but think that it was my fault? Help him, Father. It was me who is putting him through this. Yes, Susie, pray. Pray very hard. The voices carry heavenward, and Joseph, the superintendent of angels, summons Clarence, an apprentice angel. You sent for me, sir? Uh, Yes, Clarence. A man down on earth needs our help. Oh, splendid. Is he sick? Oh, no, no. Worse. He's discouraged. At exactly 10.45 p.m. tonight to Earth time, that man will be seriously thinking of throwing away God's greatest gift. Oh, dear, dear. His life. Oh, well, then I've only an hour to dress. What are they wearing now? No, Clarence. You will spend that hour getting acquainted with George Bailey. Sir, if I should accomplish this mission, I mean, might I perhaps win my wings? I've been waiting over 200 years now, and people are beginning to talk. Uh, yes. What's, what's that book that you have there? Oh. The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, sir. I was reading it when you sent for me. Oh, fine book. Excellent. Well, I tell you what, Clarence. You do a good job with George Bailey, and we'll see about those wings. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Now, if you're going to help George, you're going to need to know a little something about him. Now, I want you to look. Can you see the town? Oh, why, yes, A group of young boys sledding down a snow-covered hill onto the ice. Oh, this is amazing. Yippee! Who's that? That is your problem, George Bailey. A boy? Yes, that's him when he was 12, back in 1919. Something happens here that you'll have to remember later. And here comes the scare baby, my kid brother, Harry Bailey. I'm not scared. Come on, Harry. Harry's falling through the ice. <gasps> I'm coming, Harry. Make a chain, gang. A chain. Make the chain. Make the chain. Make the chain. So, 
His brother fell through the ice, but, but George saved him. That's right, Clarence. And ever since, George has had a bad ear. All that icy water, you understand. Oh, bad ear. Yes, sir. Now, the other event came a few months later. George took an after-school job at Old Man Gower's drugstore. It's me, Mr. Gower. George Bailey. You're late. Yes, sir. Hello, George. Hello, Mary. Hello, Violet. Two cents worth of shoelaces, Violet? Oh, Mary was here first. I'm still thinking. Shoelaces? Please, Georgie. I like him. You like every boy. Here you are. What's wrong with that? Bye, Georgie. See you later, Mary. Made up your mind yet, Mary? I'll take chocolate. With coconuts? I don't like coconuts. You don't like coconuts? Say, Brainless, don't you know where coconuts come from? Looky here from Tahiti, Fiji Islands, the Coral Sea. What's that you've got there? A new magazine? I've never seen it before. Of course you never. Only us explorers get it. I've been nominated for the membership in the National Geographic Society. Let me get your ice cream. Is this the ear you can't hear on? George Bailey, I'll love you till the day I die. I'm going out exploring someday. I'll have a couple of harems and maybe three or four wives. Wait and see. George. George! Yes, sir? You're not paid to be a canary. Yes, sir. Goodbye, George. Goodbye, Mary. What was that piece of paper that George just picked up? Oh, it's a telegram for Mr. Gower. He found out something this morning. He found out that his son has died of influenza. Oh, that's awful. Yes, Clarence, it is. He spends the entire afternoon drowning his grief in whiskey. Mr. Gower, do you want something? Anything? Uh, no. Anything I can do back here? Uh, oh, no. I'll get them, sir. What's this bottle, Mr. Gower? Well, never mind that. Uh, uh, take those capsules over to Miss Blaine's. Yes, sir. They have diphtheria there, haven't they, sir? Uh, um, Is it a charge, sir? Uh, yes, charge. Mr. Gower, I think... Oh, I'll get going. Yes, sir. Mr. Gower? What is it? Mr. Gower, you, that bottle, you, you put something wrong in those capsules. Who do you think you're talking to? You're hurting my sore ear. Did you hear what I said? Get out of here. Mr. Gower, you don't know what you're doing. You put something wrong in those capsules. I know you're unhappy. You got that telegram and you're upset. It wasn't your fault, Mr. Gower. But look, Mr. Gower, look, look. This bottle used. You used this bottle to make up the capsules. It's poison. Po po poison? Don't hit my sore ear again. Oh, poison. Oh, oh, George, George. All I wanted was to make sure, Mr. Gower. I won't tell anyone. I know what you're feeling. I won't ever tell a soul. Hope to die, I won't. Oh, George. Did he ever tell anyone about the pills? Not a soul. Oh, uh, did he ever marry the girl? Uh, did he ever go exploring? We'll get there soon enough, Clarence. When George Bailey grew up, he wanted to go to college. But there wasn't the money. So he worked for four years in the Building and Loan Association. Building and Loan Association? Yes, George's father was in the building and loan business, along with George's Uncle Billy. George, what's the, what's the combination of that safe? We wrote it down so you wouldn't forget it. Oh, that's right. Where? Your wallet, Uncle Billy. Oh, thanks. Lovable fellow he is, Clarence. Just forgetful is all. Who's that? Oh, that is Henry F. Potter, the meanest and richest man in the county. Mr. Bailey, Mr. Bailey, Mr. Bailey. 
There's nothing quite so loathsome as a family business. Uh, now, Peter, you know what I'm here for. I'm on a very tight schedule, family to evict at three. Okay, then, Mr. Potter, but here's the thing. I just need a little more time, just 30 short days. I'll dig up that 5,000 somehow. Have you put any real pressure on those people of yours to pay their mortgages? Times are hard, Mr. Potter. A lot of people are out of work. Then foreclose. I can't do that. Those families have children. They're not my children. Well, they're somebody's children, Mr. Potter. Are you running a business or a charity ward? Mr. Potter, what makes you such a hard-skulled character? You have no children, no family. Well, you can't even begin to spend all the money you've got. So I suppose I should give it to miserable failures, like you and that idiot brother of yours to spend for me. He's not a failure. You can't say that about my father. George! George! You're not! You're the biggest man in town! All right, son, thanks. But I'll talk to you tonight. Don't let him say that about you, Pop. Tonight. What kind of a business are you running here? Good God, man. Well, George worked for his father, saving enough to send him through the university. That summer, though, he decided that he was going to go to Europe. So George got a job on a cattle boat, was ready to do a little traveling before college. But old man Gower surprised him with the gift of a great big suitcase. So on his way home from the store, he ran into his friends Ernie the cab driver and Bert the cop. Hey, Ernie! Hey, George! Hey, you Bert! Hey, George, what's the suitcase for? I'm a rich tourist today. Now, how about driving me home in style? Sure, your highness. Hop in the cab. And, and for the carriage train, I put on me hat. <laughs> Good afternoon, Mr. Bailey. Looks like you're ready to get out of here. Hello, Violet. Hey. You look good. Now, 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 that's some dress you got on there. This old thing? Why, I only wear it when I don't care how I look. See you later. <laughs> how would you like? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, want to come along, Bert? We'll show you the town. Uh, yeah, no thanks. Uh, I think I'll go home and see what the wife's doing. Family man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, George saved up enough money to go away to college. His bags were packed and he was all set to go. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Now it's hard to realize it's the last night in the Bailey boarding house. We're sure going to miss you, George. Well, I'm gonna miss you too, Pop. Oh. Now, now, what's the matter? Now, now you look tired. Oh, I had another tussle with old Henry Potter today. Oh? I thought when we put him on the board of directors, he'd ease up on us. I wonder what's eating the old money-grubbing buzzard anyway. Uh, he's a sick man. Sick in his mind and sick in his soul, if he has one. Hates anybody who has something he can't have, and hates us mostly, I guess. Hey, George, can I borrow your tuxedo studs? Uh, yeah, help yourself, Harry. Well, where are they? In your suitcase? Well, I'm not taking a tuxedo on a cattle boat, you know. Say, where'd you get that fine piece of luggage anyway? Ah, Mr. Gower, a going away present. One of these days, you're gonna see that bag all covered with travel labels. <laughs> Italy and Baghdad and- Hey, why don't you just come to the dance with me tonight? What, and be bored to death? Well, you couldn't want a better death. <laughs> Lots of pretty girls. Hey, hey, I gotta hurry. <laughs> 
Oh, I wish we could send Harry to college with you, George. We had that all figured out, you see. Now, now Harry will take my job at the building and loan. He'll, he'll work there four years, and then he'll go. He's pretty young for that job. Well, no younger than I was. Well, you were born older, George. <laughs> I uh, suppose you've decided what you're going to do when you get out of college? Oh, well, you know, the things I've always talked about. Uh, build things, design new buildings, plan modern cities. Still after your first million before you're 30? I'll set up for half of that in cash. <laughs> of course, boy. But, you know, it's uh, just a thought or a hope, but... Uh, you wouldn't consider coming back to the building alone, would you? I, I know it's kind of early to talk about. Oh, oh, now, I couldn't face being cooped up for the rest of my life in that shabby little office. Oh, now, now Pop, now, I, I'm sorry. Now, now, I didn't mean that remark, but, but this business of nickels and dimes and spending your life trying to figure out how to save three cents on a length of pipe, well, well I'd go crazy. Now, now, I want to do something big, uh, something important. Well, you know, George, I, I feel in some small way we are doing something important. We're satisfying a fundamental urge. It's not too much for a man to want his own roof and walls and fireplace, and we're helping him get those things, even in our shabby little office. I, I know, Dad. Now, now I know. Now, now, I wish I felt. But now, I've been hoarding pennies like a miser in order to... Well, now, most of my friends have already finished college, and I feel like if I don't get away, I, I'll just burst. You're right, boy. This town is no place to be if you aren't willing to crawl to Potter now. You get yourself an education and then get out of here. I'm glad to see that you see what I'm talking about. Now, now say, I, I think I'm going to go down to the old Main Street. Last night on town and all. Have a good time, son. Who's that? Why, that's Violet Bick. The little girl from the candy counter? That's right. Hello, Georgie Porter. Hello, Vi. What gives? Nothing. Where are you going? Oh, I'll probably end up at the library. Oh, Georgie, don't you ever get tired of just reading about things? Yes. Well, now, what are you doing tonight? Not a thing. Are you game, Vi? What do you say we make a night of it? Oh, I'd love it, Georgie. What do we do? Let's go out in the fields and, and we'll take our shoes off and we'll walk in the grass. Huh? Well, well then we'll go up to Stewart Lake. Now, now it's beautiful up there at moonlight and, and we can swim. Well, then we'll climb Mount Bedford and smell the pines and, and watch the sunrise against the peaks. Now, we'll stay up there all night, see? And everybody will be talking. There'll be a terrific scandal. George, have you gone crazy? Walk in the grass in my bare feet? Why, it's ten miles up there to Mount Bedford. You, you think just because you... Oh! Well, just forget the whole thing, then. Forget about what, George? Ah, uh, nothing, Sam. You remember Mary, don't you? Hi, George. Uh, hi, you, Mary. Say, you wouldn't mind walking Mary home, would you, George? Uh, uh, of course not, if, if, if that's okay with you, Mary. Fine by me. Great, thanks. So, uh... George walked Mary home? Is that important, Joseph? Oh, I would say that it is, Clarence. As a matter of fact, Mary lived only four blocks away, but it took them two hours to get home. 
Buffalo gals, won't, won't you come, come out tonight? Come out tonight, come out tonight. Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight? And dance by the light of the moon. Hot dog, <laughs> oh boy, just like oh, an old. Absolutely swell. Well, now you know something, Mary Hatch. Now, if it wasn't me talking, well, well, I'd say you're the prettiest girl in town. Well, why don't you say it? Well, I don't know. Maybe I will. How old are you, anyway? Eighteen. Eighteen. Too young or too old? Oh, no, it's just right now. Your age fits you. Well, now, now, hey, look where we are. Oh, the old Granville house. Yeah, I gotta throw a rock. Oh, no, don't, George. I love that old house. Well, well now, don't you know about deserted houses? See, no. See, you make a wish, and then you, you throw a rock. Oh, but that house is so wonderful. It's, it's so full of romance. I'd love to live there one day. In there? Now, I wouldn't live in there if I was a ghost. Oh. Now, 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 you watch this. Hey, how about that, huh? Hmm. Pretty good shot, huh? Hmm. Broke a window, huh? I see. Well, what did you wish for? Well, now, not just one wish, Mary. A, a whole hatful of them. See, I'm shaking the dust off of this crummy little town, and I'm going to see the world. Now, Italy and Greece and the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm going to come back here and go to college. I, I'm going to see what they know. Then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields and skyscrapers a hundred stories high. I'm going to build bridges a mile long, and, and then I'm... Well, now, Mary, are you going to throw a rock? Hey, that's pretty good. Now, now, now what'd you wish for, Mary? Buffalo gals, oh. won't you come out tonight? Now, come on, Mary. Come, come on, Mary. Now, now, what do you want, huh? Oh, if I tell you, it may not come true. What is it? Now, you want the moon? Now, all you got to do is say the word. All right, the moon. I'll take it. And then what? And then what? Well, then I'll throw a lasso around it, and I'll pull it down. You could swallow it, see? And, and, and it would dissolve. And the moonbeams will shoot out your fingers and your toes and the ends of your hair and... Oh, well, I I'm talking too much. Yes! Why don't you kiss her instead of talking her to death? <laughs> Who's that? Old man Collins out on his front porch. Her youth is wasted on the wrong people. Hey, now, now you come back out here, mister. You come back out here and I'll show you some kissing that'll put hair back on your head. Now, now you come back out here and you... <laughs> George, it's George, George. Uncle Billy. George, you got to get into the car quick. Your father's had a stroke. George. I, I, I'm sorry, Mary, but, um, well, I, I've got to go. George's father died later that night, Clarence. So, of course, George couldn't go to Europe. But that fall, just as he was ready to leave for college, the directors of the building and loan held a meeting. They were going to appoint a successor. I want the board to know that George gave up his trip to Europe to help straighten things out here these past few months, and it was greatly appreciated. I think that's all we'll need you for, George. Good luck to you at school. I know you're anxious to make the trade. Uh, yes, I have a taxi waiting downstairs. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to get to my real purpose. I claim this institution is not necessary to this town. And therefore, Mr. Chairman, I make a motion to dissolve the building and loan and turn its assets and liabilities over to the receiver. 
It is too soon after Peter Bailey's death to discuss chloroforming the building and loan. It is his faith and devotion that are responsible for this organization. Oh, I'll go further than that. I'll say that to the public, Peter Bailey was the building and loan. Oh, that's fine for you to say, Potter. You're probably the one that drove him to his grave. Oh, Peter Bailey was not a businessman. That's what killed him. I don't mean any disrespect to him. God rest his soul. He was a man of high ideals, so-called. But ideals without common sense can ruin this town. And what does that get us? A discontented, lazy rabble instead of a thrifty, working class. And all because a few starry-eyed dreamers like Peter Bailey stir them up and fill their heads with a lot of impossible hooey. Now, I say... Just a minute. Now, you hold on, Mr. Potter. Now, now you're right when you say my father was no businessman. Well, well I know that. Now, why he ever started this cheap penty-ante building and loan, I, I'll never know. But now neither you nor anyone else can say anything against his character because his whole life was... Why, in the 25 years since he and Uncle Billy started this place, he never once thought of himself. Isn't that right, Uncle Billy? You, you got that right. Now, look. Now, he didn't save enough money to send Harry to school, let alone me. But he did help a few people get out of your slums, Mr. Potter. That's right. And what's wrong with that? Mm -hmm. Why, here, now, now, now you're all businessmen here. Now, didn't that make them better citizens? Yes. Didn't it make them better customers? Mm -hmm. Now, you, uh, you said, now, now, what did you say a minute ago? That they had to wait and save their money before they could even think of buying a decent home? Well, I ask you, wait. Wait for what? Until their children are grown up and leave them? Until they're so old and broken down that they... Well, do you know how long it takes a working man to save $5,000? You remember this, Mr. Potter. Now, 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 this rabble that you're talking about, now, now they do most of the working and the paying and the living and the dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? My father didn't think so. See, to him, people were human beings. But, but to you, a, a warp, frustrated old man, well, they're cattle. Get him, George. Well, in my book, my father died a much richer man than you'll ever be. I'm not interested in your book. I'm talking about the building and loan. I know very well what you're talking about. Now, now you're, you're talking about something you can't get your fingers on, and, and it's galling you. See, that's what you're talking about. Well, now, now look. Now, now, I've said too much here. Now, now you're the board. You, you do what you want with this thing, but, but just one more thing, though. Now, this town needs this measly one-horse institution, if only to have some place where people can come without crawling the potter. Come on, Uncle Billy. Sentimental hogwash. I want my motion. They're just coming out of the board meeting. I'll have to call you back. What happened, George? All we heard was a bunch of yelling. Boy, oh boy, Matilda, you should have heard George. Oh, it was yeah. amazing. They're, they're voting us down in there. Now, George, I tell you, you, you get out of here. You missed your boat trip. Do, do you want to miss college, too? Now, don't you worry about the board. They're putting us out of business. So what? I can get another job. I'm only 55. Now, oh, you're 58. George, they voted Potter down. We are still in business. We're, 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 we're still in business. But there is one condition, George. They've appointed you to take your father's place. Uh, appointed me? But, but now I'm going to college. Now, now, Uncle Billy there, now, now he's your man. 
Well, uh, you can keep them on. That's all right. Now, let's get one thing straight. I'm leaving. I'm leaving right now. I'm going to school. Now, this is my last chance. But, George, you gotta take it. They'll vote with Potter otherwise. George Bailey didn't go to college? That's right, Clarence. He gave up his college money to his brother, Harry. And Harry went instead. Uh, but what happened to the good-looking girl? Y you know, Mary. George saw her every now and then, but not very often, though, because Mary went away to school, too. George waited four more years for Harry to come back and take over the building and loan. Then he could still see the world. He planned to work in the oil fields of Venezuela. There she blows. Say, Uncle Billy, you know what the three most wonderful sounds on earth are? Um, breakfast is ready, lunch is ready. Dinner is ready. <laughs> no, no, no. Anchor chains, plane motors, and train whistles. Well, now look, here's the professor now. Well, if it isn't George Geographic Explorer Bailey, and Uncle Billy, you haven't changed a bit. Oh, you know that no one ever changes around here. I'm glad to see you, Harry. Say, where's Mother? Ah, uh, she's home cooking the fatted calf. Now, now come oh, on, oh, let's go. Oh, wait, wait, wait. This is Ruth Dakin. Uh, Ruth Dakin Bailey, if you don't mind. Huh? I wired you I had a surprise. <laughs> Meet the wife. What do you know? Wife? <laughs> well, how do you do? Now, 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 what am I doing? Now, now, congratulations, Harry. And what's a pretty girl like you doing marrying this two-headed brother of mine? Well, I'll tell you, it's purely mercenary. <laughs> My father offered him a job. Oh, so he gets you and a job. <laughs> Harry's cut runneth over. Uh, Ruth, come on, let's get started ahead of the fellows, and, and we'll leave the bags for them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Now, George, about that job, Ruth spoke out of turn. I never said I'd take it. You've been holding the bag here for four years, and, well, you know I won't let you down. It, it's all right, Harry. Now, it, it, it's all right. And that night, the homecoming for Harry became his wedding party. Uncle Billy familiarized himself with the spirits. Boy, boy, oh boy, I, I feel so good I can, I can spit in Potter's eye. You know what, I, I think I will. Uh, what do you say? Well, maybe I should go home. If you just, George, put me right in the right direction. Right down there, Uncle Billy. That way? I'm all right. I'm all right. George? I'm out on the porch, Mother. I, I thought I'd get some air. Well, how do you like the new sister-in-law? She's swell. Looks like she'll keep Harry on his toes. Yeah, she'll keep him out of Bedford Falls anyway. George, um, do you know that Mary Hatch is home from school? Yeah, yeah. Nice girl, Mary. Uh-huh. Oh, stop grumbling. Give me one good reason why you shouldn't call on Mary. Well, now, Sam Wainwright. Sam's crazy about it. Well, she's not crazy about him. Well, now, how do you know that? Did she discuss it with you? Besides, Sam is away in New York, and you're here in Bedford Falls. And all is fair in love and war? Well, I don't know about war. All right, Mother, all right. Now, I'll go find this girl, and we'll do a little passionate necking. Oh, George. Bye, Mrs. Bailey. And by the way, do you want any books from the library? The library? Oh, George. George, you go call on Mary, you hear?
George. Uh, uh, hello, Mary. Now, <clears throat> I, I just happened to be passing by and... Mm -hmm. Your mother phoned and said you were on the way over to pay me a visit. My mother called you? Uh-huh. Well, now, how does she know? Well... Well, now, I, I didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I just went for a walk and, mm -hmm. and I happened to be passing by. Mm-hmm. What do you know? Well, I went for a walk, that's all. Mm. Well, now, now, when did you get back? Tuesday. Would you like to come in? Well, I, I guess since I'm here. Say, now, now, now that's, uh, where'd you get that dress? Do you like it? Oh, well, you know, it's all right. Now, now, I thought you'd go back to New York with Sam and Francie and the rest of them. Well, I've worked there a couple of vacations, but, well, I don't know, I guess I was homesick. Homesick? For, for, for Bedford Falls? Well, yes, for my family and, oh, everything. Would you like to sit down? All right, for a minute. I still can't understand it, though. Now, you know, I didn't tell anyone I was coming over here. Well, would and... you rather leave? Well, no, I don't want to be rude. Hmm. It was nice about Harry and Ruth, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's all right. Well, don't you like her? Well, of course I like her. Now she's a peach. Oh, it's just marriage in general you're not enthusiastic about. No, now, now marriage is okay for Harry and Sam Wainwright and, and, and you. Mary! Mary! Who's down there with you? It's George Bailey, Mother! <laughs> George Bailey? What does he want? I don't know. What do you want? Uh, me? No, 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 not a thing. No, I, I just came in to get warm. He's making violent love to me, Mother! Go! You tell him to go right back home! And don't you leave the house? Sam Wainwright? It's promised to call you tonight from New York, hasn't he? Now, now, now your mother needn't. Now, now, you know I didn't come here to... Well, to what to, did you come here for? Well, well, now, I don't know. But, but now, you tell me. You're, you're supposed to be the one with all the answers, so, so, so you tell you me. Why don't you just go home? Well, that's where I'm going. I, I don't know why I came here in the first place. Mary, telephone! It's Sam! I'll get it. Oh, hello, Sam. How are you? Great. Gee, it's good to hear your voice again. Oh, that's awfully sweet of you, Sam. Say, there's an old friend of yours here, George Bailey. <laughs> you mean old Mossback George? Yes, old Mossback George. Oh, hee-haw! Put him on! Just a minute. I'll call him. George! He doesn't want to talk to him, you idiot! He does so. He asks oh. for him. George! Oh, Sam wants to speak to you. Um... Uh, hello, uh, Sam? Hey, a fine pal you are. What are you trying to do? Steal my girl? Now look, nobody's trying to steal your girl. No, what do you oh, mean? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to talk to both of you. Tell Mary to get on the extension. Mother's on the extension. Oh, no, I'm not! <laughs> we can both hear you. George, put your head a little closer. Uh, uh, okay. Okay, Sam, we're listening. I have a big deal that's coming up that's going to make us all rich. George, you remember that night at Martini's Bar when you told me about making plastics out of soybeans? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, soybeans, uh-huh. Uh, well, my father's checked into a George C., and now he's going to build a factory outside of Rochester. How do you like that? Uh, uh, now, Rochester? Now, now, now why, why Rochester? Well, why not? Can you think of anything better? Oh, 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 I don't know. Now, now, why not right here in Bedford Falls? Now, you remember that, that old tool of machinery works? Now, you tell your father he can 
He, he can have that place for a song and, and all the labor he wants, too. That's so. Well, I'll tell him. Hey, that sounds great. Oh, baby, I knew you'd come through. Now, here's the point, George. I may have a job for you. That is, unless you're still married to that old broken-down building and loan. Oh, Mary! I'm here. You tell that guy I'm giving him the chance of a lifetime, you hear? Um, he, he says it's the chance of a lifetime. Now, you give me that phone. Now, you listen to me, Mary. Now, now I don't want any plastics. I don't want any job. Now, I don't want to get married ever, not to anyone. You understand that? Now, now look, now, now I want to do what I want to do, and, and, and you're not gonna... Oh, Mary? George. Mary, I, I love you. I love you, too. We will return to WBFR Playhouse of the Air's presentation of It's a Wonderful Life in just a few moments. But first, gentlemen, does your hair resemble a dried out bird's nest full of dandruff flakes? Do you plaster your hair down like a cheap gigolo, smelling to high heaven? P.U., what a stink! When girls get a gander at the tip top of your noggin, do they go, Ew! Well, here's a friendly hint that may just help you in the romance department. Aww. Starting tomorrow, why not try Bremel hair tonic? Yes, siree, you'll be heading for success with Bremel groomed hair, a success with the gals and on the job. Bremel always keeps hair looking mighty attractive, always in place, a real sex appealer. <laughs> Bremel hair tonic does lots more than keep your hair handsome looking. Bremel the swank hair tonic makes your filthy bird's nest gleam. A little dab will do ya. All the pretty gals will scream. Not only will dames love it, your barber will shut out with glee. Bremel the swank hair tonic, your dandruff will be his story. Buy some Bremel today, your hair will thank you. <laughs> and now back to It's a Wonderful Life. George and Mary were married, and following the wedding reception, George's old pal Ernie, the cab driver, drove the happy couple to the train station. Hey, uh, where are you two going on this year now, honeymoon? <laughs> we're gonna shoot the works, honey. A whole week in New York, a whole week in Bermuda, the highest hotels, the oldest champagne, the richest caviar, the hottest music, and the prettiest wife. Here's the kitty, Ernie. Two thousand dollars. I feel like a bootlegger's wife. <laughs> <laughs> so you're finally getting out of Edford Falls, huh? Uh, then what? Then what, honey? After that, who cares? That does it, Mrs. Bailey? I haven't kissed you. Hey, hey, George, George. Uh, there's something funny going on over there. Look over there at the bank. It looks like a run. Now, now pull over a minute, will you, Ernie? George, let's not stop. Ernie, take a straight to the station. Now, 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 now wait a minute. I, I better see what this is. Now, now, I'll be right back. George, please. George! What is it? 
is this, Uncle Billy? A holiday? Why are the doors locked? There's oh. a crowd out front. Oh, this is a pickle, George. This is a pickle. Oh, all right. Now, now what happened? All I know is that the bank called our loan. I had to give them all of our money. All of it? Every single penny. Holy mackerel. And then, and then I got scared, George, and I closed the doors. Now, now look, our charter says if we don't stay open till 6 o'clock, we'll lose our license. Uh, uh, Bailey building a loan. <laughs> Get me George. George, it's Potter. Um, uh, hello? George, there's a rumor around town that you've closed your doors. Is that true? No, it isn't. Do you need any police? Mobs get pretty ugly sometimes, you know. Now, now we're fine. Uh, we'll see. Uh, now, George, I'm going all out to help in this crisis. I just guaranteed the bank sufficient funds to meet their needs. Uh, they'll close for a week and then reopen. I may lose a fortune, but I'm willing to guarantee your people, too. Just tell them to bring their shares over here, and I will pay 50 cents on the dollar. Ah, uh, you don't miss a trick, do you, Potter? Well, you're gonna miss this one. If you close your doors before 6 p.m., you will never reopen. He just took over the bank, Billy. Open the doors. Uh, let them in. Now, 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 just remember, now, now this thing isn't as black as it appears. Now, I've got some news. Now, look, I, I talked to old man Potter. He's guaranteed cash payments at the bank. How about our money, George? Where's our money? Now, now please, please. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Now you, now, you listen to me. Now, you're thinking of this place all wrong. Now, the money's not here. What? Now, now, wait a minute. Now, let me tell you. Now, now let me tell you. Now, now, see, the money's in the people's houses. It's, it's in the Kennedy house, the McLaren house, while it's in your house. And a hundred others? Now, now, now what are you going to do? You, you, you're going to foreclose on them? Now, I've got $242 in here, and, well, $242 isn't going to break anybody. All right, Charlie, all right. Now, now you'll get your money in 60 days. 60 days? Well, now, that's what you agreed to when you bought your shares. I got my money. Old man Potter's taking over the bank. He'll pay you 50 cents on every dollar. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Please, folks, please don't leave. Now, I beg of you not to do this. Now, if Potter gets a hold of your shares, he'll be owning this building in loan. He's already got the bank, the bus line, the department stores, and now he's after us because he wants to keep you living in his shacks and paying the kind of rent that he decides. Now, now we can get through this, but, but we got to stick together. We got to have a little faith in one another. My husband's out of work. We need money. I got doctor bills to pay. Can't feed my kids on faith. How much do you need? We've still got some money. We have $2,000 from the wedding. Hey, Mary. Now, now I've got $2,000 here. Now, this will tide us over till the bank reopens. All, all right. Now, now Charlie, now, now, how much do you need? $242. Oh, Charlie, now, just enough to tide you over till the bank reopens. I'll take $242. Uh, okay, okay. Now, Uncle Billy, you, you give Charlie $242. Uh, all right. Now, now, Ed, how much just to get by? Uh... $20, I suppose. Now we're talking. Now, Mrs. Thompson, how about you? But it's your money, George. What? Now, you never mind that. Now, how much do you want, Mrs. Thompson? Well, could I have $17.50? $17? Oh, bless your heart, Miss Thompson. Of course you can have it. Uncle Billy, give us $17.50. Now, you pay it back when you can. You pay it back when you can. All right. Now, now who's next? I just want $20 to feed my family. Oh, oh, look at the clock. Look at the clock. Look, look! Five seconds. Four. Three. 
two, one. Six o'clock, we made it! Lock the door, Uncle Billy. Still in business, and we even got two bucks left. Uh, Bailey Brothers building in... Oh, just a minute. George, there's a phone call for you. Will you get my wife on the phone? Now, she's probably over at her mother's. Mrs. Bailey is on the phone. Well, I don't want to talk to Mrs. Bailey. I want to talk to my wife. Oh. Well, now, Mrs. Bailey is my wife. Uh, uh, uh Mary? Now, 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 listen, dear. Now, now, I, I'm sorry. What? Come home? Well, well now, what home? 320 Sycamore, huh? Well, now, 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 whose home is that? Oh, 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 the Waldorf Hotel, huh? That doesn't look like the Waldorf. Oh, no. Number 320 Sycamore was the old Granville house. You know, the one that George and Mary threw rocks at and made wishes. Mary had prepared the house, including a turkey dinner, romantic decorations, and even a marriage bed. Welcome home, Mr. Bailey. Well, I'll be. Remember the night we threw rocks and broke windows in this old house? This is what I wished for. Darling, y'all wonderful. Yes, sir. That's where they spent their honeymoon. That's, in fact, where they started their lives together. We will now enjoy a brief intermission. <laughs> 